Hello! Welcome back to Sinister Sisters. I am Shrimp! And, um, this is Kat. Wow. <laughs> hello, hello. I am the quiet one. The normal hello, one. Hello, hello. I am the one with personality. <laughs> <laughs> that was mean. Yikes! <laughs> Anyways. Um, What's up, friends? I'm Shrimp, this is Cat, and it's True Crime Tuesday, and it is the last episode of season one. Yeah! For the past, like, two months or something, we've been talking about specifically women who kill, because that's our, like, season one, like, theme, whatever, and this is our last episode on women who kill. We are switching gears, and so we wanted to finish the season with something classic. Which is the murder of Travis Alexander by Jody Arias. Here's the tea. I'm sure you've noticed we are British. <laughs> so I say Arias, but I know that Americans say Arius. Don't come for me. Like, please. Sounds like Areola. And I don't it's, like it. <laughs> it's spelt A R I A S. Arius. Arius. Arius for the other people. But we're British, so I'm going to say Arius. And you're going to have to get the fuck over it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, any who, any how, any day. Today. Tuesday. <laughs> True Crime Tuesday. Make sure you follow our Instagram, which is sinistersisters.podcast. And check out the case request form that's in there, which is also in the episode description and the description bar of the YouTube video. And also you can email us, which is sinistersisterspod at gmail.com. Also, if you're a Spotify listener, we would love for you to use the voice message feature to send us a message and we can include yeah. it in one of our episodes sometime. We'd love yeah. to hear from you. We would Tell also... us everything love for you to give us a five-star rating on spotify and apple podcasts we do have one review on apple podcasts <gasps> that i saw was it there's me? like there was no content to it it was just five stars nice thanks whoever you are so i have some content warnings for this episode because it is a doozy <laughs> Oh, I hated that. Anyways, the content warnings for this episode include murder, graphic descriptions of bodily harm and crime scenes, stalking, domestic abuse, and religiousness. See, I don't know if I wanted to content or warning, warn of religiousness, but I know that for some people it's like pretty traumatizing. Yeah. And the people we're talking about today are Mormon, which I know has like mm. an extra layer of trauma for a lot of people. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, so listen with caution, please. I need to stop singing things. I'm supposed to be serial. Serious. We'll start from the beginning where all good stories start. Typically. Typically Sometimes yes. they start at the end, and that is a good story too. Anyways, True. shut up. Make me shut up. Um, <laughs> Travis Victor Alexander was born on July 28th, 1977, in Riverside, California, to Gary Alexander and Pamela Alexander. At the age of 11, Travis moved in with his paternal grandparents as his parents were allegedly addicted to drugs and, like, cooking it in their house. 
After his father's death in July of 1997, all seven of Travis's siblings were taken in by his paternal grandmother. Travis oh. was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So that's Mormonism. Mm. And he later in life became a speaker for the Mormon Church because he like magically turned his life around through God by getting a good job and he bought a house quite young and all that stuff. But what goes together better than Mormonism and MLMs? <laughs> nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> Travis worked in heaven. Literally. By God himself. Travis worked as a salesman for prepaid legal services, which is now called Legal Shield. So it's an MLM in the Americas, in America, that get, gets you legal stuff. I don't really know how it works. It has like legal advice and things like that, which is insane. There's a there's an MLM for everything. Yeah, there really truly yeah. is. There's an MLM for weird. life insurance. Primerica? Primerica, yeah. And they all they have offices like in there's one down the street, sort of down the street, but it's like in mm. this city, and like it looks legit. But that is a pyramid scheme. It is. It is. Anyways, so that's all we really know about Travis. But next up, we have Jody Ann Arias who was born July 9th in 1980 in Salinas, Salinas, California, to William and Sandra Arias. Um, growing up, she was a troubled child and had some problems with listening. I believe that is a direct quote from her dad, actually. Ouch. She liked taking pictures. Okay. She was a photography bitch. Arias and Travis met in September 26th at a prepaid legal conference in Las Vegas. They were sat at a table together and apparently they like hit it off like so much. Um, and there was a lot of like problems in their relationship because it is said that Travis and Jody were sleeping together and that is not allowed if you're a Mormon. Uh. And so... Travis like tried to make them not do that anymore, but Jody didn't like that and whatever. Um, and that Travis's faith was a very like big part of his personal life. And so during their relationship, Jody converted to Mormonism and Travis baptized her on November 29th, 2009. That's and weird. it's been said that she um by like close friends of Travis's that she was believing that he was baptizing her as like a life partner where he just thought he was doing it as like a friend the overall consensus is that she was much more into this relationship than he was and they dated intermittent in intermittent intermittent on and off Lee? for a year and a half <laughs> oh well so she was like babies and kids and he was like, I just want to get my dick wet. Okay. <laughs> Men. Um, yeah. Travis's friends who knew Jody and observed them together tended to have a negative opinion of her, stating mm -hmm. that the relationship was tumultuous and that Jody's behavior was worrying. Okay. Nobody really went into detail. But as we get into it later, Travis believed that she was stalking him which mm. it, she probably was by slashing his tires, 
hacking into his Facebook account, and climbing in through his into his house through a doggy door. Like, ma'am, if anything, get some fucking self-respect. No man is worth that. Truly. That's um, life hacks with shrimp. So, after failing to show up to a scheduled trip to Cancun, Mexico, Travis's friends and family began to worry. He was supposed to be going from a to a uh, conference, but he okay. didn't show up. So, some colleagues from prepaid legal services went to his home to check on him. His roommates said that he was out of town, but, like, his room smelled bad. And they hadn't, like, heard from him or seen him or anything, like, in a few days. But they assumed that he was out of town, because I guess he did that a lot. So, after some searching, the friends found a key to his room. And this is where they found him in the shower, in his ensuite bathroom. His throat had been cut, and he had been stabbed 27 times, as well as being shot in the head. There is some discourse about how many times he was actually stabbed. Some say 27, some say, like, more than 30. So not ideal, anyways. He also had defense wounds on his hand that led police to classify his death as a homicide. Mm. The 911 call made to notify authorities made mention of Jodi Arias, saying that Travis believed she was stalking him by hacking into his Facebook, slashing tires, and breaking into his house via the doggy door. She also was leaving. Travis and Jodi were broken up at this point, Mm. and he was casually seeing some other woman from his church, and she was leaving voicemails for this lady, I guess. Yes, not the vibe. Um, Around the time this happened, which was May 2008, Jodi was living with her grandparents Mm. back in California. She moved to Arizona for a bit, which is where Travis lived. I don't know if I said that. But he lived in Arizona. She lived in California. They moved, well, she moved to Arizona to be closer to him. He didn't like this. She moved back to California to live with her grandparents. So, May 28th, a burglary was reported at her grandparents' house, and the only object of note that was taken was a twenty-five caliber gun. And to this day, it had never been recovered. Please remember that foreshadowing that uh, Travis Alexander was shot in the head. Yes. Several days before the murder, you remember. I could not forget. Yes. We're backtracking a bit, because several days before the murder... Jody contacted an ex-boyfriend and asked to borrow two five-gallon gas tra- gas cans for a trip to Arizona because she was back living in California now. He lent them to her, but they were never returned. Receipts shown later have Jody purchasing a third five-gallon gas can, sunblock, and a facial cleaner from Walmart on July. Oh, sorry, on June third, after Travis's death, but before his body was discovered. Arius had continued to call him and had left him several voicemail messages. And on June 2nd, 2008, Arius rented a white Ford Focus in Redding, California, about 100 miles south of her residence. So she had gone to like this different place to rent this car. She told the budget rent to car staff that she would only be driving the car locally, but when the car returned on June 7th, it had been driven about 2,800 miles. It was also missing all of its floor mats, and there was what looked to be like a Kool-Aid stain on the front and rear seats. And the car was cleaned by a rent-a-car before the police could examine it. Yes. 
So the idea is that she borrowed these um, gas cans so that she wouldn't have to get gas and leave a, um, a, a trail of the fact that she was in Arizona. She also turned her phone off for a while, okay. like a couple of days while she was there. So a spent 25 caliber round was located near one of the sinks in the master bath in Travis's home, which is the same gun that was taken from Jody's grandparents' home. Travis's so Travis was also a photographer. He liked he dabbled. And that's something that they had um like bonded over. Mm-hmm. But his damaged digital camera was located in the downstairs washing machine, and although images had been deleted from the SD card, Mesa police were able to recover the images. And these images included Arias and Alexander, both in sexually suggestive poses, at mm-hmm. approximately 1.40 p.m. on June 4th, 2008. Okay. That's the day that he was murdered. I don't think I mentioned that. It was June 4th, 2008, the day that he was murdered. The last photo of Travis alive and in the shower was taken at 5.29.20 p.m. on June 4th. Moments later, images appear of an individual believed to be Travis profusely bleeding on the floor. These pictures are available because it was 2008. Like these things are on the internet and I accidentally looked at them and that last picture, terrifying. I can imagine. Yes. You can see, I guess not the last picture because it's not when he's profusely bleeding, but it's the the last one of him alive in the shower. Mm. You can see like fear in his eyes, which is just, Mm. I don't suggest looking up the pictures. It's not. Not the vibe. Hmm. She was indicted by a grand jury on a first degree murder charge on July 9th, 2008 and arrested at her grandparents' home on July 15th, 2008. She was extradited to Arizona on September 5th and where she pled not guilty on September 11th. There was really no other suspect in this crime because of those pictures that were taken and also... Um, at, at the crime, there was a bloody palm print was that was located out of the bath. Sorry, was located in the bathroom hallway, which DNA revealed to be a mixture of Arius and Travis's DNA. Um, mm. Arius continued to insist that she had last seen Alexander in two thousand and eight, in April two thousand and eight, despite being presented the DNA and photographic evidence that suggested differently. Arius's um, Jody's what is it called like like interrogation tapes are online mm. and she's fucking weird in that like ma'am is singing like oh, i don't know what it is but it's like a christmas carol i'm pretty sure or like a bible hymn or something and she's doing headstands in the interrogation room like it's like she doesn't know that she was being filmed but they tell you that you're being filmed it was really yeah. really weird and there's some conjecture that perhaps she was going to go for an insanity plea and so she was playing that Possibly. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However. Yes. Oh, I was just going to say, like, they can hold you for a really long time once they've arrested you. So maybe she was just really bored. Maybe. <laughs> like, you would get bored. Um, At the point that she was being, like, this interrogation video, I don't think she'd been arrested yet. This was, like, the first questioning of, like, uh... he's been murdered. You've been mentioned. We haven't arrested her yet. She was a suspect, but not arrested yet. So she was just fucking around in the interview room. 
bizarre. Once she had been arrested, she gave three different accounts of what had happened that night. She originally told police that she had not been in the home at the time of Travis's death. She later told police that two intruders had broken into Travis's home and that they murdered him and attacked her. Finally, she stated that she killed him in self-defense and she was a victim of domestic violence. And that is the story that she stuck to until, like, to this day. Mm. And her trial began December 10th, 2012 in Maricopa County. The prosecutors sought the death penalty and the defense argued that the murder was done in self-defense. Something that was unusual in this murder trial that doesn't really happen usually is that Jodi Arias testified her in her own defense and she oh, was wow. on the stand for a full 18 days. She oh told stories of being horrendous. Yeah, 18 days. That's a long freaking trial. Yeah. Fuck. It was insane. Um, she told stories of being horrendously abused at home growing up, including accusing her dad of sexually abusing her. No evidence of this, if either of these things was ever found, and she, like it had never been brought up before. The consensus mm. around it was that it never happened. So she, like, we don't know, obviously, but if you watch the um, trial footage, she says this, and then her dad was in court. And so, like, uh, you can, like, see him, like, shaking his head and being like, that, which obviously doesn't mean anything, but there's never been any proof or any kind of, like, nobody else has ever agreed with her. Like, none of her siblings, mm-hmm. none of her cousins, nothing else. So, and she never mentioned it before. She also testified that Travis found young boys and girls to be sexually attractive. Um, and it, just, it was something she was trying to help him through. But again, that was denied by everybody who ever knew him ever. So, again, we don't know for sure. But no evidence of that was found. And it was denied by everyone who knew him. So, she testified that her relationship with Travis became increasingly physically and emotionally abusive. Some of which caused Travis's sister to continuously roll her eyes and shake her head in disbelief during the trial. Arias said that Alexander shook her while saying, quote, I'm fucking sick of you, end quote, then began, quote, screaming at me, after which he body slammed me on the floor at the foot of his bed and taunted her saying, don't act like that hurts, before he called her a bitch and kicked her in the ribs. Afterwards, Arias said that he went to kick me again and I put my hand out. And then she held up her left hand in the courtroom, showing that her ring finger was crooked. And several psychologists testified on her behalf, saying that she was suffering from PTSD-like symptoms. They were, you know, in trials you can, like, pay expert witnesses. Yeah. They were expert witnesses that were known for, like, coming to this conclusion for a lot of people, I guess. Ah. So expert but with a pinch of salt yes and these expert witnesses on the defense side said that she yeah she's suffering from ptsd like symptoms but that other psychologists that had interviewed her did not agree Mm. also i would imagine that if you murdered somebody you could then display symptoms of ptsd because that in itself is a traumatic event regardless of why you did it I would think. You would think, yeah. You could be traumatized from it. 
Unless you're like a psycho. Well. Like yeah. a serial killer. Yeah. Hmm. So because Jody testified over 18 days, which is like pretty much unprecedented in trials, like that's a long fucking time because that's one testimony. Yeah. That's a long fucking time. Um, a few jurors jurors had to be dismissed. One was due to misconduct, which it doesn't it never explained. I couldn't find what that misconduct was. One because they got a DUI when they were supposed when as they were on the <laughs> jury. And one for health reasons. Hmm. And the detective that did most of the work on this case said that it was unprecedented and a fucking long time to be testifying. Yeah. I initially thought you were going to say she testified for 18 hours, and I was going to say that even seems like a long time, let alone 18 days. 18 days is a very, very long time to be testifying. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. So on May 8th, 2013, after 15 hours of deliberation, Jodi was found guilty of first-degree murder. Of the 12 jurors, five found her guilty of first-degree premeditated murder, and seven found her guilty of that and also felony murder. I don't really know what the difference is, mm. but majority found her guilty of felony murder as well as first degree murder. As the guilty verdict was read, Arya struggled to keep back her tears while Travis's family smiled and hugged each other. People outside the courtroom cheered and chanted. Weird. Okay. Yep. Because the prosecution was asking for the death penalty, almost like a second hearing had to take place. It's not mm. quite as like involved or whatever but it's the prosecution needs to convince the jury that the murder was cruel heinous or depraved and that it was that the death penalty is like the only thing that only justice that could be given yeah the only witness was the medical examiner who had done the autopsy at mm. this point arius's lawyers had asked multiple times to step down and be replaced and gave only meager opening and closing statements and only suggested that due to adrenaline, Travis wouldn't have felt much of the murder. So that's why she shouldn't be that's lethally injected for it. Yeah. Terrible defense. Ooh. It's like they didn't really care. Well, fair. Fair. Yeah. One thing that the prosecution did that really stuck there. Um, their point across is that they held a two-minute silence during this phase to illustrate how long the medical examiner estimated it would have taken Travis to die at Jody's hands. Mm, that's so, really powerful. Because yeah, two minutes is a long three the word time. I was looking for before. So yeah, the idea is that he it took two minutes of her stabbing him. And this is graphic, but he was his neck was cut, and um, it cut through his windpipe. It was so deep, almost decapitated him. Oh my fucking fuck! Yeah, and that's, that's like pure rage. That's insane. That is another reason why there wasn't really any other suspect because that is a crime of passion. That has yeah. like this person who killed. Uh, Travis knew him and had like a problem with him. It wasn't just a um like a robbery or right. You know, like some other reason that was a crime of passion and the only person really that would have that kind of passion and was also insane was Jody Arias. Yeah. So this case was televised. 
And according to the internet, it was a live and unedited web feed. So people were watching it as a sport, almost. Yeah. And people were outside of the courthouse every day, too. And it absolutely turned into a media circus, which is kind of gross because it gave Jodi Arias a platform. She did quite a few interviews, which is icky. And she did an interview, actually. Uh, I can't remember who it was with, but it was before she the trial had started. And she's like, there's no way they're going to convict me because I'm innocent. There's no way I'm going to be found guilty. And then she was. She, she also did an interview with... Oh, no, sorry. She requested that the court give her the death penalty. It. She was, like, putting on a show. And... Yeah. It, she she was considered to be very beautiful. Mm. And she really played up this element that, oh, I am a battered woman. I was abused. I had to kill him in self-defense. And now look at what the world is doing to me. Look at what men are doing to me. They're putting me on trial, protecting my abuser, blah, blah, blah. It was not the vibe. No. And, like, imagine how far back that sets genuine domestic violence survivors who are trying yeah. to bring their abusers to, to court yeah not the vibe in any way shape or form not the vibe at all the opposite of the vibe actually i should say that travis did have a previous girlfriend that testified mm. to him being an angry person and shoving her once but that she never felt unsafe. So I suppose that there could be some kind of domestic abuse that was happening. But a lot of the evidence points to Jody kind of being obsessed. She moved yeah. to Arizona to be with him when they were not at that point in a relationship yet. And um, she would show up at his house all the time. She didn't like him talking to other women, which he spent a lot of time doing because he was in an MLM and he was a motivational speaker. So he would travel quite often and she didn't like it. She wanted to go with him or whatever. And it was just like there could have been a bit of icky behavior from both of them. Hmm. But I think... If you're really killing someone in self-defense, you don't stab them 30 plus times, shoot them no. in the head, and also cut their throat really deeply. Like, it's one or the other. If you had a gun on you, you'd probably shoot them. But if you yeah. think that your partner is violent, you're not going to take a gun in the house anyway. No. Hmm. So, I don't know. I suppose there's always the possibility, but... What happened didn't really support that. Yeah. You know? And also, murdering someone is not the appropriate response to them abusing you. As no. much as, like, they don't, they deserve some repercussions for their actions, uh, probably not death. No. And also, if she was, say she moved to Arizona and she was being abused, she did get out because she moved back to California. Right. And this was before social media was huge. And so he could have still had a hold on her by, like, calls mm. and 
lettuce and things, but I would think that, I mean, I'm about to show my idiocy, but I don't know where Arizona is, but I think it's pretty far from California. Are they next door? <laughs> but also, this is America. They're next door in America. Yeah, it's not like extremely, extremely close, but yeah, they are neighboring. Where was he in Mesa, you said? Mesa, yeah, and she was in Salinas. Salinas, yeah, but also maybe some other place like East Palanti or something, but not that because that's not California. Oh, that's actually, yeah, like very far. Is it? Like a nearly 12 hour drive. Yeah, so it's like not, and then without social media, it's not like, I mean, yeah. obviously an abuser is going to do what an abuser is going to do, but I don't know. I just think that, like, the evidence does not show that. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I have for this personal episode. I hope you enjoyed season one, Women Who Care. I hope you are prepared for season two, which I believe Mm. this current time is going to be devious duos. So people who commit crimes together, either partners, like they love each other, like boyfriends or girlfriends, or... Husbands or wives or... Or just they are partners in crime and that's all that they do. So I think we're going to talk about uh, Fred and Rosemary West as a little sneak peek. Ian Brady and Mary Henley. And the Ken and Barbie killers. Because that one's Canadian. We love a Canadian connection. We love Canada. Anyways, that's it. Bye. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. Sinister Sisters Podcast yeah. is the uh, username, I believe. And uh, that's that's all, because I want to have pie. Bye. Let us know how you liked season one. This is a one, not this. <laughs> bye. Say bye, bye. producer Nova. Bye. <laughs>